Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. It's time, Penn State Blitz and the Penn State Blitz podcast. I'm Bob Flounders of Penn Live, of course, joined by Greg Pickle, who, uh, as always, is uh, here to provide us with all the latest up-to-date Penn State recruiting information, as well as what's going on with the Penn State program. I'll chime in as well. A uh, lot to get to uh, this week, even though there's no football. It never stops, Greg. We're going to talk about... We just had a chance to meet with James Franklin via Zoom uh, to get his thoughts on what happened with the Big Ten postponement to 2021 decision. Uh, we're going to talk about the state of the Big Ten. Uh, it's not pretty. We'll get into that. Uh, just your thoughts on maybe what stood out highlight-wise from what James had to say. Uh, and then we're going we're gonna to close with uh, the Penn State ma- mailbag as we get close to mid-August. The Penn State Blitz and the Penn State Blitz podcast. Greg, we just heard from James Franklin, and uh, he had a lot to say about a lot of different things. Really our first chance to hear from him since the postponement. What were your thoughts kind of on how he handled his Q&A via Zoom with the media? Yeah, obviously, I think, Bob, we knew based on his comments prior to the Big Ten decision that he was pretty frustrated uh, with the way things were heading. And then we didn't hear from him at all uh, after the decision was announced. It turns out that he was getting ready after a negative COVID-19 test to drive down to be with his family in Florida and spend some time with them after everything went down. So uh, I was a little bit surprised um, by the fact that, you know, He uh, was very outright and very forthright still about the need to fight for the players. And I guess surprise isn't the right word, but, um, you know, he was very much in lockstep with a lot of the Big Ten coaches around the the conference who just really wished that this had played out a better way. Obviously, he said he wasn't stunned by the decision, but wished that the process that led to it would have been better and that the timing would have been different in terms of waiting to make a call about a postponement. But, Bob, I think he answered the question that was on so many people's minds, and that was a pretty simple one. Does he think the petitions and the parents' associations and everybody else will make this change happen? And the answer is just simply no. Yeah, uh, he also, uh, it was a pretty wide-ranging interview. Um, You know, he he was asked a little bit about the plausibility of a spring season. Um, And there's a lot of variables there, Greg. If I I don't know that you can really have a spring season, maybe if the other three conferences that are planning on playing get a season in in the fall, that would really, I think, probably dilute the product. Uh, in this, in the winter or the spring, it would probably be winter, not spring. They keep saying spring, but um, I think James is a big planning guy and a big framework guy. And I think James doesn't want to talk about a scenario unless someone can present to him, you know, their idea of how it will play out. And also, I think he wants to kind of have some input it into it as well. I just, I just got his vibe to me was though he was a little bit pessimistic about maybe pulling off a spring season if it turns out there is indeed no football for the rest of 2020. Yeah, I mean, I think obviously the logistical challenges are numerous. For starters, you're going to have to figure out where these games can be played. Some Big Ten cities just are not, I don't think, going to be equipped to host outdoor games. 
State College may very well be one of them. I mean, this is a, a stadium that the pipes have frozen in November when it's not even as cold as it's going to get in State College. And they winterized part of the stadium yeah. because of how old some of the stuff in there is. And I just don't see how they could make the changes and upgrades necessary, especially with the amount of money being lost by a postponed season, to uh, to get this done in a relatively timely fashion to play in the winter. So that's why I think you heard him pitching from the start last week, this idea of playing in domes in different Big Ten cities or in cities close, uh, you know, within the Big Ten big tent footprint um and that's obviously one thing that could work and you could get all the tv people there and set up and everything would work out in a reasonable way you would assume to play about eight games maybe in the winter uh portion of the spring semester and then come back and play in 2021 but there's just so much to decide at this point and all told you could just uh, frustration just oozed from his words and from his just reaction to how all this played out yeah greg i would say i picked what i picked up on was You know, James is dealing with, you know, Penn State's football present, and that is trying to explain things to the current team and their parents. I think he's also a little upset because he doesn't quite know what to tell his upperclassmen, his seniors, and maybe his fourth-year juniors that have a chance to play at the next level with regard to how to approach, you know, getting ready for the NFL, but there's also the younger players on his team that eventually are going to play again in their parents. And also, you know, he is always has a, his eye on the ball when it comes to recruiting, whether it's, you know, the next couple of classes and identifying prospects, but prospects, but he also has to deal with recruits, uh, verbal commitments and their parents. And to be, you know, more than a week away from what the Big Ten decided, and then still not really have any kind of explanation, any kind of like window into the decision. Uh, he also seemed to get a little bit fired up. You know, there, there's three conferences still trying to play in the fall, Greg, and they have a different kind of workload than the conferences that have postponed. There's talk, I think, about maybe 12 hours per week, and it's he did not seem like he thought that was very equitable. I can, I can, we could sense his frustration. And it's really, Greg, it's hard to blame him. Yeah, no question. I mean, as you heard him say, he usually likes to be up front with the parents and the coaches and the players and the recruits and everybody else about what comes next. And he doesn't have those answers right now. I mean, we talked to him Wednesday morning. We're recording this shortly afterwards. So the NCAA Division One Council is supposed to meet today, Wednesday, August 19th, and decide, among other things, maybe some eligibility issues in terms of whether they'll freeze a year of eligibility or not. They have to decide what the schools in the Pac-12 and the Big Ten that aren't playing, what they're allowed to do in terms of uh, countable hours a week with the coaches, with the strength and conditioning staff, and so on and so forth. So, again, there's so many things things that need to be figured out. And that was one of the reasons I think James Franklin pushed for a delay more than anything. It wasn't to, you know, obviously he wants to play. All these guys want to play. But to me, Bob, the decision was more about if we are going to do this and postpone, let's make sure we can answer some simple questions related to scholarship counts and extra years of eligibility and everything else before we go ahead and do it. Yeah. And clearly that didn't happen. Also, you know, you know, just, just, you know, James's comments, you know, they come on the heels of something you wrote last week about Sandy Barber, not even sure if they actually, the presidents actually voted. It just, uh, you know, as we kind of pivot just to talking about the Big Ten in general, I mean, this this is, you know, 
you know, I want, you know, I, I don't know that it's true anymore, but a lot of people looked at this as kind of maybe of all the of all the power conferences, the one that was kind of the leading model. And they've just really fallen flat uh, during the pandemic. No communication, no foresight, no no real explanation of plans. They come out with a schedule and less than a week later or roughly a week later, they're pulling the plug on the season. You don't know if the, if the presidents are talking with the ADs or if, they're, if James Franklin's having any ability to maybe communicate to President Barron at Penn State. But when, when Sandy Barber says she's not even sure if they took a vote, Greg, that is really, really troubling. It does not reflect well on the conference that former commissioner Jim Delaney created, but also kind of the way that the new commissioner, Kevin Warren, has handled things. It's, it's, it's a mess. I don't think there's any question about that. The fact that they haven't said anything since they decided to postpone, I, I don't know if they could be doing a worse job of showing transparency and trying to communicate with the schools that uh, the 14 schools that are that are part of the conference. And it's it's leading to these uh, explosions by the coaches and by the parents. And Greg, I don't know that I could have ever foreseen a more poorly handled situation. And James referenced it. It's probably might be the most important decision the Big Ten's ever made. Yeah, there's no question. Certainly uh, more important than the decision to add Maryland and Rutgers because that's turned out so well. But that's for another podcast. Um yeah, I think that one of the maybe problems here is that Kevin Warren is so new to the college football space. He's only been in this job for eight months. He's been around football his whole life. He's clearly an extremely intelligent man who I think was the right pick for this job. But when it comes to this kind of stuff, and this was a couple of national columns have talk, columnists have talked about this, Bob. You know, the NFL is – you don't see stuff like this happen in the NFL because they handle so much of their business internally. And college football just isn't like that. There's leaks, there's parents, there's players, there's recruits, there's coaches, there's support staff. I mean, there's all these people in the mix. And I just think that then you add in the presidents and the athletic directors and everybody else, there's a lot more kit, uh, chefs in the kitchen, so to speak. And when you blow the messaging and you let Ryan Day and James Franklin and John Harbaugh get out in front of you, uh, you've lost a chance, any chance you're going to have of winning the public relations battle. And it was almost like instead of trying to fight back, they just gave up. You know, they yeah. didn't even send a pitcher out for the next sitting. They just went home. And <laughs> it just doesn't really make any sense to me, Bob. I don't don't know who's advising those in charge of the Big Ten to take this strategy and take this um, this path to yeah. nothingness, really. But it says a lot when the Pac-12 releases its entire medical reasoning for postponing the season big 10 can't even tell us if how they what they use number one what they use to get to this point and if they even voted on getting right. to this point yeah very disappointing uh wish we had better news to share with the penn state fans but but it really it is what it is uh we're just relaying to you what you know what, how the Big Ten has handled that, and as I said, we could talk. It, it's ve it's very clear that James Franklin handled himself well uh, when we just spoke with him. But you could just tell um, it, it it took a lot of uh, he he was fighting he was fighting I think some emotions. He did a good job I think of 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 handling it. But you could tell he didn't. I don't know that he necessarily really spoke his mind the way probably he would have liked. Greg, we're about halfway through the Penn State Blitz. Penn State Blitz podcast. You guys can always rate us and subscribe us. Greg, I know this is your favorite part of uh, of the Penn State Blitz and the Penn State podcast. You get to tell 
all of our listeners and our viewers um, how to make fun of us or tell us we're doing a good job. So why don't you take it away? Let's do it, Bob. I got a special part to add to this this week, and you don't even know about it yet. So it is the Penn Live Penn State Blitz podcast, uh, Apple, Spotify, Google, wherever you get your audio. And if yep. you have found your way to Dustin Hawkinson's Penn State Today updates, Bob, you and I are going to be joining that rotation. Uh, the Blitz is going to be folded into that rotation. Ooh. So that's something to look forward to. I think it's a long time in the making, a long, a long time coming. I think it's probably the result of Penn State fans speaking out that we've heard you, you want it, you want access to the Penn State Blitz uh, in as many uh, avenues possible. So we're going to oblige you. Great news, Greg. Um, let's get going here. Let's not forget about YouTube, Bob. You, we're, we didn't get to YouTube. Oh, all right. Well, that's kind of your fault. Go ahead. Yes. YouTube.com slash all Penn State. We're going to work on getting James Franklin's opening statement video posted there a little bit later. Uh our buddy Joe Herman is going to take care of that. Bob, before we move on, I just want to get your thoughts on that. I thought he was um, – you could tell he had prepared some thoughts to share in that opening statement. Yeah, and also I think uh, you, you, you did uh, reference the fact that, you know, he, you know, he, had, he had made the decision to be away from his family, his, his wife Fumi and his two daughters who I believe – 12 and 13, Shola and Addie. One of them has an immune deficiency uh, uh, issue that has compromised her immune system. And, you know, James back in the spring said it was a difficult decision, but he, he made the decision to, they have a separate residence, I believe in Florida. Uh, the, her, his family stayed behind. He was gonna be with his coaches and his players. That's a lot of people. And for, for the good of uh, his family, he's been apart from them you know, since I would say May, maybe early June, whenever that was, that's a long time. But right after the Big Ten decision uh, and right after he had tested negative for COVID, he, he, he made a 12 hour drive to go see them. And that I think that probably explains one of the reasons why uh, we didn't really hear from him right after uh, the Big Ten announcement to postpone. But I also think I think James wisely probably um, needed maybe a little while to kind of just kind of gather his thoughts stay on message and, and not say a couple of coaches came out strongly right after it probably didn't handle it the best way in terms of either wanting to play or being a little bit unusually critical maybe of the big 10. So I think James had a couple of reasons to do it the way he did it, but you're right. The statement covered uh, a lot of topics. You can, you can clearly tell. He also mentioned the community. He's worried about state college itself because no football in the fall is really going to probably devastate a very small area. They're very dependent upon the income generated from Penn State football weekends. It's a very lucrative business. He's, he, he mentioned that as well. I thought I thought that was good on him. I think he legitimately meant that. But it's there are so many. There's just so many spokes in this wheel that you know he had to speak on and take questions on. So I think you know taking a week to maybe get it together and think about some things. And he's also dealing with parents and recruits and players. He, he has a. He always has a lot on his plate, Greg, but n probably never more so than right now. Yeah, no question about it. And again, the biggest frustration for him is not having answers. I think he can deal with an overloaded plate if he knows the direction that where things are going. But the problem is he's probably fielding phone calls left, right, and center. And all he can tell people is, I don't know. And that, I think, is the biggest issue at this point. Yeah, for a guy that's always on schedule and always has a plan and has a contingency for everything – to have to see this happen to his conference. And he's, you know, I don't want to use the word powerless because he's not, but it's got to be very frustrating for some for somebody who is so organized and always 
as a contingency to see to see the conference that he's in literally have the opposite in terms of plans or contingencies or you know he's got no answers like you said and i i i don't know that he's going to have a lot more answers in in the next week or two it doesn't seem like the big tens in a hurry to divulge anything greg so uh we'll see how it plays out but just a real disappointing last well it's been it's been pretty disappointing for about the last month or so since this came out before we get to the penn state mailbag just real quick um you know there's been some rumors about the possibility of uh kind of a uh, ad-libbed, uh, shorter uh, Big Ten season where maybe five or six teams band together and play play a season or play around Robin. It's kind of made uh, it's kind of made its rounds on social media. Uh, Dave Jones asked James about that, uh, ha- whether he had heard anything about that, and, and James was very clear in his answer, Greg. Yeah, he was, and the answer was no. And <laughs> I just don't see any way that's going to happen. I can certainly understand the push to want to make it happen. I can certainly understand why they would want that to be the case, but I I just don't see any way that's going to work out. There's too many contract issues. There's too many scheduling issues. You have, he said he let these guys go home. So that means they'd have to start quarantining all over again, which wouldn't be the end of the world. You could still play at the end of September, early October, but I think the ship has left the port and it's way too far out to sea at this point to turn it around. All right, let's close it down then, Greg, here on the Penn State Blitz and the Penn State Blitz podcast with the Penn State Mailbag. I know it's kind of a big weekend for you. I'm going to wish you the best of luck. That's all I'm going to say. But uh, I know you're going to be a changed man the next time uh, we talk, uh, changed in at least one way. But uh, we weren't gonna get, we're not going to go any further into that. What, what, what are the pressing questions and comments from the Penn State football fans? Yeah, you know, Bob, once, um, you know, we only got one this week that we can use because a lot of the ones that came in were questions that we were hoping James would have answers to, and he doesn't have them, so we could speculate all we want. Let me just note one thing before we get there. Even though Penn State football is not being played, Bob, just want to remind people we're not going anywhere. We got recruiting to write about. We got the developments that are going to keep coming up to write about. So your uh, Penn State football fix will continue to be served throughout the fall, even though the team won't be on the field. More details about that soon. Bob, let's just wrap up with this. Um, James was pretty uh, straightforward about the fact that this idea that was put out by ESPN on Tuesday night, that there was going to be a recommendation made by the Football Oversight Committee, which Sandy Barber serves on, to allow the teams that don't play just 12 hours a week of work compared to the teams who do play to get more than that. He was pretty straight about the fact that he didn't think that was right. I can't think of any reason to disagree with him, but just what's your takeaway to that? Do you think they should give these teams that aren't playing more time with the coaches, with the weight room staff, so on and so forth? Yeah, I mean, look, there's a lot there's a lot of ground to cover, even though they're not playing. Uh, yeah. Throw in the fact, Greg, that you know none of these teams at, in any of the conferences had spring practice, you know, there are development issues related to that. There are teaching issues related to that. There's not going to be an August fall camp, um, uh, obviously, for for the Big Ten in, uh, in general. But especially with Sandy Barber on the committee, I mean, she's going to I would hope she would she would she would put up a nice fight because I, I think that 12 hours is probably uh, kind of ridiculous. I don't know how it would work out, but if three of the conferences are going to try and play a season and do play a season and, you know, the Big Ten and the Pac-12 are relegated to 12 hours a week and, to, and who knows if they're even going to play in the spring, Greg, they're going to be so far behind the eight ball that it's just I, now you could say, well, that's they made the decision 
that that's the decision they made. But I mean, you have to accept the fact they made it um, with the health of the athletes and the coaches uh, in mind. And so I don't think they should be penalized for that. And I think that 12 hours is probably James is right. I, if that's if that's going to be what Penn State's going to deal with. I mean, I, I just think it's going to be a real, real, it's going to be a rough next couple of years uh, for the Big Ten Conference. My hope is that since Sandy's on the committee, I hope she speaks her piece and 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 really kind of fights for what James and probably the rest of the Big Ten wants. All right, Bob, let's just get to it. I got a wedding to prepare for. You have a reception to prepare. You have a reception you to admit prepare. it. I wasn't going to admit it. Yeah. We, talk about, we talk Cats a lot about horse. Bag. Yeah, we talk a lot about horse racing and significant changes. I didn't want to leave anything out there uh, up in the air. So, at any rate, that'll do it for this week's edition of The Blitz. Bob, we'll have a lot to talk about next week, I'm sure. All right.